So I, I talk about various different topics, mainly around ascension. Um, my focus is generally around the energetics. So I talk a little bit about the Schumann resonance space weather um, based on my long journey of trying to understand um, the, the various different impacts that I was going through. I think it started around 2013, 14 for me when I realized that there was something that was more external to um, my reality that, that was impacting me, you know, mentally, emotionally, and physically. And then I started to look at um, things like solar flares and um, space weather and starting to make the correlations between, you know, um, you know, excessive mental looping thoughts or emotional outbursts or, you know, physical symptoms. And then obviously aspects of my own journey, but now I sort of write to, um, you know, keep people in the loop and update them to, to give them some context around things that they may be going through to help them on their ascension path, essentially. And also I have another platform, which is only, uh, it's a little bit younger. It's about <laughs> three, I think three, two and a half years. I've had New Earth children, which is something that I was prompted to set up. And with the focus of talking about these new children coming onto the planet and based around my own personal experience and, and what I do in my work and help support other people. So David, I, that was a real buzz to be able to, to sit down and speak with him and interview him um, more, just have a conversation. But I mean, David, I, I, I stumbled across David Ike when I was growing up in high school and on your you know, way. Yeah. So nice. off the camera, I, I kind of made some jokes and I was like, thank you for making me the crazy person in high school talking about, um, you know, reptilians running the world. And he, he kind of <laughs> laughed. So, there's so much to my journey and there's so many different elements. And I, I truly believe that a big part of my work is trying to bridge sort of the, the disclosure community, the, the galactic, you know, ET community and the spiritual community, because I, I feel like I have walked in in both worlds my entire life um and you know I've been what I guess you could say I was one of those children who was quite awakened tapped tapped in and tuned in you know I realized mm -hmm. that I had healing abilities at a very young age and and psychic abilities and things like that um the the experience apart comes in at a much later time but it's one of those things that you have what I call those holy shit moments where your whole life turns upside down and you realize that the reality that that you thought was real is, is, is something else. And um and then you look back over your life and you realize, wow, this has been this has been going on so much longer than just that experience. It was just that that one moment where it becomes conscious. Um, and so I guess my um con conscious contact experiences started um around uh, the end of 2015 um and that you know that's just opened up a whole new world for me and it's it's kind of really weird for me to talk about it now because it feels like it's such such a long time ago um but it's it's still a journey that I'm on and um and still very much a part of me so if I go into some specifics, um, I had a very abrupt Kundalini awakening in 2015, which was catalyzed by through a divine counterpart journey. Um, and I'll, I'll kind of just um, make a side note here that 
you know, that journey that I, it is quite public, you know, people can go and find podcasts and things that I've spoken about that quite openly. Um, you know, that journey has taken many plot twists and, and changes and it, it's at a very different space right now. So um, <clears throat> some, I mean, it's still all very relevant and relative to, to this journey that I'm on, but it's um, a lot has changed in my life over the last two years. So um so if I go back to 2015, after the Kundalini awakening, that was when I started to have my conscious contact experience with galactic beings. And it happened, it hit me very hard and very fast. And it really, um, it, it catalyzed my dark night of the soul, um, which went for pretty much the duration of 2016, because I couldn't make sense of what I was going through. Um, and, and what happened was that I was having very intense dreams. I, I'm a really avid dreamer. You know, I, it's mm -hmm. been a big part of uh, prophetic dreams all my life. And um, I was being shown these children that that I would have, that I would physically, you know, um, come into this world. And I couldn't make sense of it at the time because I wasn't planning to have children. It wasn't um, It wasn't a part of my world. It, I, um, I was starting, I had just ended a long-term relationship and I was starting to plan a new life. And I guess um, some of the, the situations that, that happened or experiences that happened, um, you know, one night uh, I started having um, what I would call interdimensional craft showing up. So I'd be out at a party or I'd be somewhere and it would always happen late at night. And I would see this um, It's kind of like a, a fluorescent green shape crafts kind of spinning and then would like float down. And I, you know, I wasn't the only one that witnessed that, you know, all the people that, that were with me saw that experience, but everyone kind of like turned and looked at me and they're like, what was that? I was like, I don't know. And they're like, well, that only happened since you arrived. So it's got, it's got, to, it's got to be connected to you somehow. And, you know, from there um, I started having, um, experiences at, at night where I could feel craft flying above my house and it, it was terrifying I didn't mm. know what to make of it and I know that what would happen generally um there would be um that very typical you hear often you know feeling as though you're being watched and then something occurs and then a bright light in the room and 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 not remember anything um next day I have very little recall to be honest around being up aboard craft I know when it happens there's the signs that I know that happen in my physical body and the kind of adverse reactions that I have upon waking but it was around that time where I was intensely having dreams about these children and at the same time I would wake up with scars and marks on my body and so there was something that was indicating that there was something going on and I couldn't really make sense of it at that time. So um, just to, to uh, fast track a little bit uh, around that, that continued for months. And I had, you know, I have a lot of um, very highly intuitive people in my life. I always have been surrounded by, you know, psychics and healers and things like that. And a lot of people kept saying to me, oh, you're pregnant, you're pregnant. I said, oh, no, not possible, mm. you yeah. know. <laughs> um and so I went through around that time I went through what I call a um interdimensional um conception where I merged with another person's 
energy essence. There was no physical contact involved. Uh, although that person was present, um, the next morning I woke up and I had that same feeling that something had happened that I didn't understand. And it, um, I knew that my body had changed. And I think the, the, the most, the sign that really indicated to me the most that something had happened was that being an energetic healer, and that's what I've done for many, many years, there was something different in my energy. When I was working on people, I was having this very high, um, almost like a rainbow energy that was like emanating through through my work. And that was probably the first sign that showed me that something had, had happened. Um, so it, it took me a little while to kind of um, understand. And I was being given and shown a lot of references around that time to Immaculate Conception and being shown that that was in, in, um indeed what what I was experiencing and you can imagine the cognitive dissonance around that you know I was never raised religious that's not something that's ever been on my radar but when I look back I realized it was the only frame of reference that I had initially um so I was starting to go through um those symptoms pregnancy symptoms but most prevalent to me was like the energetic um expansion that I was feeling in my womb and um so I started uh researching trying to find out trying to understand what was happening to me and during that phase of the dark night of the soul I I went through and I researched as much as I possibly could um I started to research about hybrid children and I I came across uh Bridget Nielsen mm. at the time I think he's <laughs> awesome she yeah. was she was one of the first who were started talking about that publicly, I think. Um yeah. at least, at least she's one of the first ones who um made some waves, you know. Yeah. I'm yeah. sure other people were talking about it, but yeah. So when I found her, I was like, oh my god, that that you know, that's it kind of it started to give me some context around what I was experiencing. And I thought that I'd sort of found the answers. And then I realized that in hybrid, in the hybrid programs, a lot of these women don't actually give birth. And I was like, well, I feel that this journey for me is to actually to go through um, and, and to give birth. So I had to keep seeking um, and then, you know, stumbling across. Uh, it's a very 3D term, but there's a lot of people that talk about cryptic pregnancy um it's sort of not an area that I dabble in because it's very um dense and very confusing it, it, basically in essence it's a, a longer gestation period of um women who feel that they're pregnant and they it doesn't show up on any medical um mm -hmm. examinations okay, um, you have all the symptoms and stuff yeah. yeah yeah um so that was another aspect but I was probably more focused on the fact of um, interdimensional conception when I found it was very, very limited information back then um, to to describe what I was going through. And um, when I found information around that, I think it was it was in a book by Drunvalo Melchizedek. It was just in one, you know, one uh, chapter. And uh, when I read that, that was the thing that resonated with me the most. Was it the Flower um, of Life book? Ancient yeah, volume two. Yeah, they they talk uh, about they talk about that 
in the first one actually that's what these like lumerians were actually doing they were teaching people how to conceive without actually having intercourse and they were they were practicing this and teaching it to their society so it's it's, it's a real thing yeah mm-hmm. yeah so it was and just to backtrack i have a very strong connection to lemuria i always have and in in the lead up to what i call the, the point of conception for me i was waking up and i was like um being given like these messages sometimes i do i ha- have a voice that kind of speaks to me in the morning um, and it was telling me to look at Lemuria. So all of the seeds were planted for me. I just had to decode it and work out and understand it. So, um, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, just to fast track, I guess, um, from that point, I had to then understand from, you know, the research perspective, you know, and I, 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 dabbled, I dabbled into every rabbit hole you could possibly imagine. Um, ancient aliens I found one episode on there that was really helpful you know and I was just I was just taking in as much data as I could and and then I realized I got to a point where I I couldn't I could no longer take on information and data I had to go within to really understand my own individual journey and what I was going through and experiencing yeah so so I guess this this um, goes through what I've tuned in into my own body through this experience. And, and also, like, I work with a lot of women who are going through um, various different similar experiences. And quite often what I see is when I tune into their sacral or their womb, I can see, and some people talk about that there's a chakra, uh, a womb chakra that sits at the back of the body which sits somewhere between the sacral and the solar plexus. And it's almost like a, a, a portal that allows the soul to come in when a woman has conceived. Um, you know, that's just in very sort of um, physical terms, you know, what I would classify as a, as a 3D pregnancy. Um, but what I see with um, women who are bringing in higher frequency children, it, it's almost like a direct link or portal um from other star systems for these children to to enter into that space and um you know i probably need to to share and make it clear at this point that this process that started in the end of um 2015 or in the beginning of 2016 for me is still an ongoing process um my body changes It, it still holds you know the energy and sometimes the physical manifestation of these children get to be born. And um, what I see in that process is that um, because these children are coming from such a higher density, if you will, it's a big process for them to come into physical density. And it's like um, they will sort of come in and go out and, and there were, this process so it's really interesting to see the um individual experiences and read people's energy field in their body to to access and gain information to understand this process better that's why i i talk about it as an interdimensional pregnancy process because it it really is morphing from one dimension to another um and trying to okay uh, i guess come down into um 
into physical form was one of those prophetic dreams that I had um, a couple of years ago where I was walking. I I call it a new earth dream because I know it's like in the future, it's that high definition color and light. And, um, and I was walking and talking with my daughter who was probably about 14 at the time. And I, we, I was talking to her and asking her questions. Uh, I guess I became lucid in that experience. And um, I, I was kind of just saying to her, do you, do you know how you were conceived? And to her, it was like so natural and normal. It was an energetic merging process that took place. And I looked at her and I said, do you know that nobody believed me at that time? Like, do you know how hard that was? you know, as, as your parents do, you know, back in my day kind of thing. And um, <clears throat> and I said to her, do you remember your time in the womb? And she screwed her face up at me and she said, I didn't like it very much. Mm-hmm. And, really? yeah, you know, a lot of people ask me this and I don't talk about it a lot these days because it's still a process that I'm in and I don't have all the answers and I'm not at the end of it. But um, this process that began many years ago is still ongoing. You know, I still feel I still have all the the physical symptoms of pregnancy. Um, I I look quite pregnant physically, so I'm always keeping the ca- camera. To be honest, I, I always keep the camera. You know, so I, there's no full shot. It's it's hard to navigate 3D existence while going through this process, um, and for the duration of this has made me much more highly sensitive to energies more so than I ever was before. So, um, you know, going through the tumultuous changes that are happening on the planet, you know, I have to keep my energy very clear, very clean. And, um, you know, I, I sort of, I let go of um, time lines and time frames. I, I realize that there's a divine timing. I truly believe that when I talk about this, I talk about it to help other women who are also going through this process to help them heal and understand. Um, but I, t- I do believe that there's certain components that need to come into play um, in order for this process to be completed. And one of them is that the, the, the frequency of the planet needs to be at a certain stabilization of a higher frequency so these children can be born um it won't happen before then and um i i think that that's um (laughs) just going back to the the bridging of the spiritual and and the the you know disclosure community i had a very vivid dream in the beginning that showed me a timeline of when that will come into actuality and um the, the the various components of that was that a there was a, a burst of light that hit the planet so you could look at that as like a solar flash or the event or a wave of light I saw and I didn't know anything about that back then mm-hmm. so when Alison Co came out with her information it was almost identical to what I'd seen in that dream and it gave me hope um, there was that component I also saw at that time that there was massive changes happening on a financial um, level. Um, there was a restructure of the financial system and government systems. As far as I can gather at, at this point, I don't believe that I am in, in the programs as such. Um, although I do have direct access to viewing 
um, through my dream space. I'm highly active in my dream space, like very regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, this is something that's been ongoing for many years. And um, I think it started to really come into light for me around the end of last year. I think I came across secret space program information probably around 2016 and two, uh, and I knew, you know, when you hear something and you hear a piece of information and it resonates and then you're like, I don't know what to do with it. I'm just going to park it. Mm-hmm. It was kind of yeah. like that over, over, you know, the last couple of years. And um, it was back in, and that's why I'm so grateful for you guys. And I love the work that you do because you know, the more people that share stories, the more you can start to piece together your own journey and things start to make sense. And I had an experience where um, I woke up with a lot of very specific information around a 20 and back, but not my own. From my own personal experience, I, I can honestly say that I go through phases where I go um, what I call being really tapped out. And I know that I'm highly active on some sort of a mission, but these are temporary. So it's not like a 20 and back. It might happen over a space of a week, a fortnight, maybe a month. Um, And just to explain what that's like for me is that I'll be very active in in my dreams and I know that I'm out in space or off planet on some sort of a mission. Generally, it's a cleanup mission. Um, And when when I come into a wake, time like when I wake up in the morning I I feel like I'm a diluted version of myself the cues that I have that I know that I'm not here and the way that I understand it is that a high level of my consciousness is not in my physical body I know that there's more of me out there doing something else um I mean the most recent experience that I had that I can remember was probably a few months ago where it was very um, specific around Mars and what was happening. And I think I, I reached out to you at the time, Tyler, because I really didn't know who to talk to or go to. I mean, I have a lot of great people in my life, but when it comes to SSP stuff, I don't have a lot of people that I can talk to. At that time, I felt like I, and I had a session with um, Rebecca Rose at that time because I was going through, how does she call it? Um I was going through a moment of crisis and um, I was trying, I think the things that I was seeing on Mars at that time was so way out there that I really needed to check my own sanity. (laughs) I I needed to make sure that I wasn't completely losing and going crazy. And I was seeing operations being cleaned up, but I was also seeing clones being killed. And this is clones of people who I am connected with um, on a deep soul level. Um, And that was quite traumatic for me to to witness that. Um, And I had been taken up around that time in front of a council uh, of galactic beings. And they were telling me about the completion of a very specific um, involvement in the SSP in relation to me uh, and someone that I'm closely connected with. And um, at that time, you know, that basically they were saying that the contract has ended and that the fragmented aspects of the soul 
were, were coming back online to that person in their human body um, and that a healing process would begin and I was to help facilitate that process, which is something that I do in my work. So I guess it was a heads up for me. Um, and it's funny, as I speak about that now, you know, um, I haven't had a lot of those experiences since then. So maybe there is a part of me that is connected to that that I'm yet to, to explore and unpack. So the information was basically how they do the age regression process and how, I guess, similar to what I was just explaining to you, how you go through that phase of not really being incorporated or integrated and feeling tapped out um, and basically showing me what a person's life is like um, while they're coexisting um, through various programs and um, and what that looks like on a human level. And it was about a couple of months after that that I was I was at my parents' house and I walked in and my dad was watching your show. Back oh, no in January. Way. <laughs> yeah. And nice. it was um, and it was Tony. And nice. it was in that moment that I walked in that what he was describing in his own experience was exactly the information that I'd got in that download when I was waking up a few months prior so I just kind of was like whoa okay uh, I need so I sat down and I started watching and I was like hey dad what's this and he's like oh it's it's a SSP um testimony I was like oh, okay so I started watching it and I guess it was at that point that I started to really start to pay attention to the information that was coming through to me at that time and um so that was one component to it. So when I say this is relatively new, this is relatively new within the last 12 months for me. I had started writing uh, a very lengthy article around counterparts and um, I guess to help people better understand their own divine counterpart journey. And I was kind of making categories. <laughs> I mean, I don't like to box things, but like to compartmentalize for the human to understand especially in the work that I do. And I kept getting this like um, name, galactic counterpart, galactic counterpart. And I didn't really, I was like, it was something that I sort of dabbled in over the years of working with various different clients on a divine counterpart journey, seeing that some have um, earth human, you know, um, soul journey together. And then some have a totally different frequency and some very specifically have um, have a soul connection from off planet. And mm -hmm. so for me, just to compartmentalize, and I was trying to write that article and I um I was I had writer's block and I had this little voice that go watch Journey to Truth. And I was like, and so I hope everybody has that voice. Yeah. <laughs> I hope so too. <laughs> and and I clicked on and you guys were doing a live QA. Um, I think with Tony and Rebecca and um Johan. Uh, Johan, yeah. That that changed everything for me because I clicked on that and I came in late. And at the moment I clicked on it, um, he was talking about, or you guys were talking about. Uh, divine counterparts in the SSP and uh, no way <laughs> yeah Johan was talking about yeah. how they actually take these kids and put them together in the programs and they basically raise them together and they do all their training together so 
um, when they finally meet as an adult, there's this soul recognition there that they don't remember from the childhood programs. And that would make a lot of sense to for some people listening to this. Yeah. So after I listened to that, I just, there was so many such specific details that I could relate to. And at that point in, in my entire work, it had never even crossed my mind about, you know, counterparts being used in the programs. And it makes complete sense to me, you know, when it was delivered in that way, of course, you know, when people share such a strong connection and they can feel and experience and witness what the other is in any moment, it makes sense. Um, And, and I think there were, there were things that Johan said that triggered a lot of um, memories of conversations that I'd had, you know, over the years with, with a certain person. Um, And I was just, yeah, it was at that moment, it was like the things that I had parked over many, many years sort of came into crystal clear vision to, for me to understand things a lot better. The things that hadn't made sense to me. It, I'll, look, I'll be honest, it was something that I never really wanted to delve into because there's so much hype around it and there's so much disinformation. And, you know, I've heard people use the term, you know, PSYOP and things like that. The twin flame psyop, yeah. yeah, yeah, and I would agree with that. I think that was the hesitancy that made me want to do this work and talk about this topic because you you get all types, you know, and you know, I, I think that was one of the reasons that I wrote that really long article um, to talk about it because I always come back to two components that I think is the most important in terms of soul connection is to understand the origins and the purpose. And when you can look at that, then you can, you know, work within your own ascension process to regardless of what is happening in in the physical, you know, if you can work in understanding like the origins of what your soul has gone through together, Mm -hmm. um, where, where it comes from, what um, let's say what sort of, karmic implications you may have brought forth together to work out and, and learn and evolve through and then also looking at what the the purpose is because a lot of the times there is a a greater soul mission that is to be birthed through um you know two people coming together especially when they hold a higher frequency and that that in itself is you know the game-changing component and i think that that's why counterparts are so important on the planet at this time because they do bring in that frequency of unconditional love that is um, beyond space and time, you know, and transcends what we understand on a human level uh, of love. Yeah. And sometimes it can be heartbreaking and tragic. And so every journey is very unique and different. Um, And I have seen some beautiful things. I've experienced some beautiful things. And I've also seen some really horrendous, you know, interference and 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 you know all you know dark and light in in this sort of community new earth is here already you you can feel and see and tap into that you know through your own vibration and frequency but i guess what we're um striving for and and working towards is for all of humanity to be able to be in that frequency and experience it um I think my work with New Earth Children is that I think that 
for people like myself and women going through this journey where as a part of that process we're really anchoring in new frequencies to not only birth children but birth new energies to help Gaia herself um, go through her rebirth and ascension process um I, I think that's why I love a lot of the work through BQH sessions, especially with Alice and Co and things like that. Um, I can say almost <laughs> um, I, I love how in sync I am with her because quite often I'll see things through my dreams or through sessions and then she'll post a video, you know, within a few days or a week and it's almost word for word verbatim like what I've experienced. So, but I think that it is, I mean, going back to talking about Lemuria and the ancient ways returning, you know, my process of, um, you know, interdimensional conception and pregnancy and birth is just one of the components of new way of being and new ways that are coming through that aren't new at all. They're actually ancient, you know, that they've existed on this planet when we were uh, vibrating in a higher frequency. Mm -hmm. um, and I think we're returning back to, some of those aspects, maybe not all of them. I don't think that all those civilizations that were in a higher vibration on earth um, were perfect. They had their flaws. So it's like a refining process of what have we learned through the dark ages and the dissension process and how we can take the best of, um, you know, higher civilizations and bring it back to where we're heading as humanity itself. And, and, and definitely there's a lot of components of um, our star brothers and sisters that are assist, uh, assisting this process through us or, you know, we are those aspects embodied uh, on the planet to make that come into uh, a physical manifestation. So um, I guess that's a very general uh, way of speaking about it, but I guess through, you know, I've been, I've been challenged at, so much on this path especially in the last five years and I think a lot of people can relate to the challenges that we go through personal hardship on on various levels but I think one thing that always pulls me through and guides me through is the visions and the dreams that I've had about new earth and knowing that that is a reality that we're moving towards and that's why we go through some of the um the darker phases and and um the hardships is because you know each person's experience when we go through, um, you know, deep clearing of ancestral trauma or deep clearing of past life wounding or whatever it is that is in our own um, process to be cleared and neutralised, we make waves within the collective field, you know, and, and we all work as one entity in, in some regard to, um, to restore the balance. You know, I spent a lot of time thinking about this stuff. Mm. <laughs> and uh, I think initially it was very much around a, an event or a solar flash and something happening happening very instantaneously. Um, not that I, you know, I don't think that that is off the potential playbook. <laughs> you know, I think that that is a possibility, um, but I'm kind of in a space of being in the unfolding and um, also seeing how it plays out I think that you know there is also that you know option of the split and you can feel that I mean you've been I don't know about you guys but I've felt that for years the mm -hmm. literal um splitting of yeah. moving into one frequency bandwidth and another I remember a couple of years ago being in a very heightened state <clears throat> and I remember I was like looking out on on 
on the forest that sits in front of my house and I was literally seeing reality um, as new earth in front of my eyes, physically in front of my eyes, that like real pristine, crystalline, everything glistening, high definition colour. Like I was being able to see through the veil and see into that reality, new earth reality. And so, you know, I I truly believe that it is um, access to us all when we're in those heightened states. But the actual key to it all is that we have to implement it and ground it into physical. It's not just when we're vibrating high, you know, we can all have those, you know, way out experiences, but it's about um, integrating into the physical so that it's um, and accessible for everyone. And I think your timelines change, to be honest. You, you see the trends, you know, the event, solar flash, timeline splitting, and it's like we all collectively link into the trends as one of the timelines is most predominant in that moment, then something happens like, you know, the situation, global situation of the last 18 months. Yeah. It changes the timeline again. And I love to go in and kind of like access a lot of information uh, of like the most current timeline that we're on and where, the, you know, uh, where we're heading as humanity and how it's going to unfold. I've seen multiple possibilities over, over the years. Probably for months now, I have been what I call very human, <laughs> uh, which is very foreign to me, especially over the last few years where I felt very more galactic than I have felt human, mm-hmm. you know. And normally I, I resist that. I don't like it. I like to have sort of the multidimensional <laughs> experiences. Um, but it's been very grounded, very um, solidified, I guess, is another word. Um, and I... I one morning I was outside just drinking coffee, just pondering and wondering why I was going through this phase. And what came back to me was this is not a phase. This is kind of get used to it because it's going to be here for a while. It's not going away anytime soon. Mm. Um, And I think the real focus has been on the physical body, preparing the physical body. And I have woken up probably a handful of times between now and then. So in the last two months, hearing that you're being prepared for the solar flash, your body's being physically prepared and upgraded to be able to take in the light of the solar flash. Now, when I say that, I take that with a grain of salt. I take any message with a grain of salt, you know, because I know how in flux things can be. Um, But one thing that I also feel is that I don't think everyone will go through it and experience it in the same way or at the same time. One of the BQH sessions that I had a couple of years ago showed me that I was uh, in, in a space living in a different home. I had, my children were already here in physical, had been born, and I was experiencing what we would consider the event. And when, you know, how they program and ask questions and they were like, is this the, and I was like, this is the second event. Like this is the second flash. The first one's already come and gone. And in that space, I was aware of it and experiencing it, but the people around me were asleep. When I say asleep, like literally physically asleep, they did not know what had taken place. I mean, so that's another possibility too. Um, yeah. You know, depending on people's energy and consciousness, they're going to experience that differently. I was listening to somebody, um, can't think of his name, but he said like every black hole on the on the other side of every black hole is a star in another universe. 
Mm-hmm. At which makes which makes that star a portal, and that's exactly what's happening with our sun. And he's and people are like well, it's too hot, and he's like, well, that's that's the whole psyop. Our sun isn't hot; it's cold fusion. It's light and gas. He said it's like imagine one of those balls that you put your hand on and it has the electricity. Um, he said that's basically what the inside of our sun looks like. It's electric. It's a cold fusion. Electric. And the, cool. that's why, like, it's cold in space. Um, it, the higher you get off the surface of the Earth, even in our own atmosphere, it gets colder. Why is it only it's getting hotter? Yeah, it doesn't yeah. make any sense. Why is it only getting hot? Why is it only hot on the surface? And and he explained that's because of the light reflecting off the surface on our atmosphere. Basically, mm-hmm. our atmosphere is what creates the heat. Yeah. Um, without the atmosphere, it's cold. That's what, and he said, um, you know, he went on to say that like Mars has an atmosphere still, is wh- whatever they tell you, it's a lie. He's like, there's definitely. Uh, and Mars and, and the moon both do. Yeah. So, yep. And then, yeah, he, well, he said the moon is a space station that was brought here. But it's really interesting to think about that type of stuff. Um, and he said, you, it, it's hard not to find, if you're really researching in the right places, it's hard not to find what looked like ships coming through our sun. Mm-hmm. Um, on, on so many, there's so many photographs and, and yeah, footage seen them. Yeah. of that. So whenever we think of the solar flash, it's like, it might mean, but obviously there's some radiation involved and that's something that actually has to be considered, but it's not what we think. The sun isn't even what we think it is. Uh, a couple of months ago, I like when I was highly active in my dream space, one of them I, I do recall as you're talking, and it makes so much sense to me, was I actually went to the sun to get a sample. It was almost like a, a test tube of plasma, and it was electricity-like, and it was kind of blue. And that was kind of weird for me because you would think that if I was taking a sample from the sun, it would look white or, you know, um yellow and it was not it was kind of a blue shade and it was kind of electric mm-hmm. and I, I can't tell you any more details I have no idea what that was about but you know but generally my focus is on what I call energy alignment um so during my conscious contact back in 2015 how this so I I've been doing hands-on healing since I was a kid and then it, it sort of progressed. I, I learned and studied different modalities, but every time I was like, oh, why am I here? I kind of know this, you know. Um, and over 10 years, I started following what I was being intuitively guided to do, which kind of worked better. And I, I can see the progression of it over 10 years. It built up to this um, techniques that I use now. Um, and I was downloaded at that time. That was when I heard during the sessions you're now channeling the Arcturian ray and I had absolutely no idea what that was so I would tell the clients and they'd be like what's that month "Mm, I have no idea (laughs) um but that coincided with all the things that I discussed earlier in the interview and um so I work with what I would consider very much a I work a lot with Arcturian energy that is like one of my primary kind of galactic um components or aspects um I do a wide range of things. So I, I can read, I can soul read, I can read into people's energy field and their memories. Um, so I normally go in and access a lot of information that is relative to them at this time in their soul's path. Um, but I do energetic adjustments, psychic surgeries, things like that. It It's growing and developing all the time, which is really kind of cool. Uh, I love the work that I do. What has kind of, you know, I feel that 
I attract the clients that obviously resonate with me, but generally uh, people, like you were saying before, show up in my reality when there's a shared experience there. That's just how it works. You attract, them, think- you attract them or you hunt them down like you did me. You're like, hey, <laughs> listen, bro, you got to do a session. Yeah. Yeah. Occasionally I'll get that and I try and ignore it, but it like haunts me for days and I know that won't go away. (laughs) Um, and I know there's always a reason for that. So I, you know, I just, I just trust, but, um, yeah, I mean, since the SSP thing has opened the door in my life, I find that I starting to attract a lot of people who are bringing back their memories and starting to unpack that and helping people through that process of um, soul retrieval, you know, on a galactic level, Mm -hmm. you know, there's a process that I do that is like called soul or star mapping where I can kind of read into the field of different components of them and help embed that almost like a soul retrieval. Um, Well, and you also, what you did for me was you removed a blockage. You removed the blockage that something was stopping me from remembering and uh if you remember i don't know if you remember. I don't remember. <laughs> yeah so something was removed and you told me like usually within three to five days or something after that people you start to have them get memories back mm-hmm. and i was you know i was kind of waiting for it to happen nothing happened then as soon as i forgot about it um i did in fact have the, what i could only describe as a memory coming back of on being on mars mm-hmm. and I haven't, I've actually never shared this one publicly. The only person I've told about it was Tony Rodriguez. And when I told him his eyes lit up and he's like, he's like, dude, I've seen that basically. Really? Uh, he's like, you're describing exactly what it looks like there. And he was like, we need to talk more. And that's how we ended up talking. But yeah. So, and then that was it though. It was like a one-time hit and I never got, I mean, I actually, I had, have had some stuff since then. But that one just seemed like it was like right on time with what you said. It was interesting. Mm-hmm. So there's also that that you offer. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I think the one thing that I do remember, your kicking in your energy was so fascinating. And I think the one thing that I remember, because I do this, there's a lot of different techniques and tools that I, I work with. One is called uh, consciousness rewiring. So it's sort of like I go into neural pathways in the brain and look at where there's blockages and things like that and when I went I hope you don't mind me sharing this but when I went in and I was going to do that process on you that was where I could see energetic layers of screen memory and that was when I said to you do I have permission to try and I don't know if I can do it but I'll try to be able to remove some of the screen memory because I know as experiences that's a lot of the things that we have to contend with is having different memories implanted that aren't the actual memory of what was occurring so you know I haven't done anything like that since but I can kind of get the sense of that yeah well I'm really I thought that was like something you did all the time <laughs> I, I'm not joking it's, I'm not joking like you it was so natural when you did it um Yeah, I always say that working on a person is so individual. So Mm -hmm. it, you know, it's never one session is the same. Um, And I, I guess I just had the confidence now that I can, you know, work with the guidance of my my team, but also the the people that I'm working with and what is in the highest best good for them. And I know that a lot of these memories can be, you know, ultimately very traumatic for someone. And if someone's not ready to unpack and process it, I know that 
there's kind of like a safeguard. It doesn't matter what I do. It's not going to happen <laughs> if that person's yeah. not ready or if it's not in their highest good. So what I love is that people can come and tell me the weirdest out there stories and I never bat an eyelid because of my own journey and how mm-hmm. out there it has been. So, you know, people can tell me pretty much anything. And obviously, you know, I have my level of discernment and truth and you know listening to is that a trauma-based you know um perception or is that you know actuality and things like that but Mm. I mean yeah so I mean I do energy primarily energy work and um like psychic work um in in a session I guess that's what people can expect but my background is vast and varied um I'm a qualified holistic counselor I did regret I was a regressionist for many years so there's a lot of components that I've done throughout my life that's kind of fused and melded yeah what I do now yeah and you're right you're right also about the screen memories what you were talking about earlier um that's a real thing like some people will go into a hypnosis and they'll keep going back to this one memory and they'll think that happened and that's something that we have to come to the reality that this might actually be a screen memory blocking the real experience. And uh, I mean, even the movie uh, total recall kind of touches on that. I mean, they, you you sign up for it and they give you all these fake memories of a time on another planet or whatever else. And, and the whole plot is that he actually did spend time on Mars, but then they were trying to give him these screen memories and whatever. Uh, something along those lines. I have to go and watch that because that's the third time thought, this week someone's made reference to that. Like his, his wife and job, and that was all fake, and then he he realized so, it and freaked out. Yeah. So basically, he had spent time in the programs on Mars, and then he came back to Earth, and they, they tried to cover it up by giving him these screen memories of this fake life. They gave him a wife here, yeah. um, a home, and a memory of a lifetime here on Earth. So he thought all this was real when his wife was actually was just some agent working for this company to keep him from remembering what he actually did on Mars. Yeah. So then he goes to this total recall place where you're supposed to it's like they offer vacations like you can get this you can actually have memories of being somewhere else and it seems so real you felt like you were there and I'll just let you watch the movie, but <laughs> uh, it's really that is on it's, my to-do list this week. There's it's total disclosure of the SSP or the or age yes. regression type of stuff. Um, and then there's a remake in 2012, Total Recall. Um, I recommend watching both of them. Yeah, okay. put them both away. Thank um, you. Yeah. So I guess we'll start wrapping it up. This was incredible. Thank you. We we touched everything. Thanks, yeah. yeah we did so much yeah it was amazing yeah do you have anything coming up that you want to share with us before we go no not at this stage um nothing specific but um yeah i hope that this conversation has helped someone out there and um you know yeah. it, i think that it's as hard as it is sharing personal stories i really encourage people to find um the bravery to to come out and and talk openly when they feel compelled to and overcome you know fears and things like that because i know that in my process of speaking publicly about these things has really changed my world in in beautiful ways and the way that i have been received from what my mind or ego wanted to tell me of like the 
you know, people will discredit you and ridicule you and all that sort of stuff. My experience has been very, very different since I came out publicly in 2018 and talked about some of these things. And um, it doesn't matter what your journey is like. It's all very individual, but it all um, comes together in, in the, the one process of where we're all heading as, you know, human race into new earth. And I think the more that people share and open and transparent, um, it helps us all heal. And, and put the pieces of the puzzle together. A lot of this information has been kept uh, uh, sort of locked up or kept undercover because of the invasion of the Smithsonian group way back in the 1880s. What actually happens is it's not taken to preserve it, it's taken to hide it. And. Um... About four and a half miles from here, a cave was discovered. It's not really a cave as such, it's a man-made cavern system. But how the hell do you get that much granite? Because the granite on the base of that damn near weighs what the dirt on the top of it weighs. Nobody knows what's underneath it. I've heard a theory that there's a spaceship underneath it. There was copper and steel plated artifacts that depicted men in armor with shields and helmets. Including right here at Cahokia, there were reported two giants with double rows of teeth and six fingers and six toes. Extra vertebrae or extra ribs in their cage. These are different races of people. They're not just regular humans. Definitely is a stone burial chamber and there's a large body in it, uh, bones. I would say 15 to 16 feet. I saw different types of extraterrestrials here with the Native Americans. The peoples of the Cahokia Mounds actually saw the Birdman as some kind of cosmic being and not a humanoid being. So this Birdman was the last and the pure and the true of his kind. So yes, there, are, there were rituals or there were dances and celebrations and people would dress up like the galactic beings that were visiting, um, but there were actual physical galactic beings that were visiting. 